Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. If you love Jesus, say I do. Man, it's a good night for Crossover, is it not? That's great. Hey, let's pray. Father, we thank you for you. We are excited tonight, Lord. We just ask for your presence to continue to be in this place, Lord. Let it be a night that we can just learn a little bit more about you, grow closer with you. And Lord, I ask you just to let this night just be amazing. For it's in your name. Amen. Listen, I only have a few thoughts tonight, all right, to share with you before um, what will be probably my favorite crossover, you know, to date. Um, I'm very excited tonight because we are going to have our first crossover baptism. Man, I'm excited. I'm not only super excited, but I'm also super proud. I'm very proud of the students that in some uh, timeline of their life, they have said, Jesus, you know what? I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And Lord, I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I, and I believe that you came and you died for my sins and you conquered those sins on the third day when you rose. And you know what? I want to declare that with my life. And I know that you saved me, but today, you know what? I want to get baptized because I want to show the world that I'm not ashamed of who you are and what your gospel is about. And I want to be able to get baptized so somebody out there might have enough courage to say, you know what? I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I would like to have that conversation with somebody. I am so proud of you students for taking that leap of faith today. And because that we are baptizing today, my media team, who really is Crossover, who runs Crossover, it's really Roopson. If you know Roopson, Roopson's the guy, all right? He said, he said, bro, listen, 20, 25 minutes max, okay, no more. Like, we need to keep you, keep you down. I was like, okay, so that's like, you know, that's like 12-point sermon. I can do that, Roop, right? Just kidding, just kidding. So let's get rolling. Does that sound good with y'all? Let's get rolling tonight. Tonight we're back into the, uh, we're back with Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount, and he is looking at his disciples and those who are following him, and he lays out just some simple instructions for those who are walking with Jesus and, and want to learn more about Jesus. He's just listing out some instructions, but he also lists out some expectations of the people that want to follow him. So if you will, turn with me to Matthew five, fourteen. And it says this, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, if we could just open this text just a little bit. I'm not going to be able to talk about every little detail because of the time limits tonight. Because I think that the true sermon is going to be in these testimonies that are coming here in just a few minutes. I think that's going to be the sermon tonight. But if I could just throw two cents out, all right? If I could just throw two things out today because... For some of you, this will be the last time that you ever get to hear me speak. For some of you, this might be the last crossover that you ever come to 
tonight because you're going to go be big girls and big boys in this big world, all right? And um, I want to be able to just maybe lean into y'all just a little bit about what God is speaking to us in this passage. I know for some of us, or all of us, we're going to enter Christmas vacation here in a couple weeks. Hopefully it's all because you've passed all your classes. Amen, right? Please, Jesus. You turned water into wine. You can turn that F into at least like a low C, right, Lord? I don't know where you're going to be at, but this scripture has a specific destination for us followers it says that we are supposed to be lights of this world. I think he gives two descriptions on what light should look like. First one he says here is that we should, our light should look like a city on the hill. I think we can surface level look at this and we can say, yes, I can imagine uh, a city on a hill, all these lights and there's darkness around it. I think that we can look in that and I think there's a lot of meat to that and I think you can dive into that. But today I think when I, when I sat and I meditated on this scripture, God kind of gave me just a little different thought about what does it look like to be a city set on a hill. And I think Jesus just really inspired me to say, you know what, you are visible. As a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are visible. And I think that there's two ways that you are visible. If we look here, the first way that you're visible, you are visible to Jesus. John 8, 12 says it this way. Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There are some Christians in here. There are some believers in here. There are people who have professed their dying love to Jesus. They know who Jesus is. They know what Jesus has done for them. They know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. They know everything about Jesus. They have, might have even been baptized at some point in their life, but there's a big but in their life. They know who Jesus is. They know what Jesus has done for them but their life looks nothing like it. I know there's some of us in this room right now, you love Jesus, you do, deep down in your heart, you know that you love Jesus, but your life does not reflect it. Oh, students, I cannot tell you how many times in my life, especially college years, even into my younger adult years when I entered into the real world, how my life, I knew that I loved Jesus, but my life just didn't reflect it at the time. And this is my beg, this is my ask, that everybody who's walked with us for four, five, six years over this past time, listen, learn from the lessons of my mistakes and take it into, like, just in your life and be able to grow from this. Let me just tell you what took me so many years to figure out in my life. First thing is, is like, I just wasn't really ever good at living for the world once I knew Jesus. Now, I could act like the world. I could talk like the world. I could do some things like the world, but I knew deep down in my heart that I just did not desire the dark. Now, I know I'm speaking to some of you right now. 
your life right now, you're in a fog. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in a rut. Maybe some of y'all are in a panic. Maybe some of y'all aren't stable. Maybe you're like the Oklahoma weather. You don't know what you're going to get that day, right? But you're living like everyone else, but deep down, you're just not as happy as they are living in the world. And what's happening, students, is you're trying to be a person of the world, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be a city on the hill. Now, can I just be honest with you? I can't tell you how many times I didn't want to be a city on the hill. I wanted to be a shack on the side of the mountain in the darkness. Like, I thought it was cool for a little while to sin. Sin is fun, let's just be honest. Man, I was living at large, like I was free, I was crazy, right? Like, really, my crazies, I was just lazy, all right? But I was always frustrated because when I was trying to be like everyone else, when I wasn't trying to be a city on the hill, when I was trying to look like everybody else and not shine bright and not do things for God, I just was always frustrated because right at the time when I was just about to be happy with it, there would be this voice in the back of my head. And I know some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're walking in the ways of this world, I'd get this little voice in the back of my head that says, hey. Hey, bro, why don't you be the light? Hey, why don't you be the light? And you know, I'd probably just shrug it off and I'd probably go do something that was very probably biblically unsound and very sinful. And I know again, I would hear that voice in the back of my head, even in the middle of that sin, like, hey, bro, like, I got something better for you, right? Yes, Jesus calls me bro, all right? I don't know why. Even worse is when someone in my proximity would come in and they would have a hurt, they would have a pain, they would have something in their life, and Jesus would feed this little, this, the answers to me, like, hey, you know what, why don't you tell them? Why don't you tell them about me? Why don't you tell them what I can do for them? Why don't you tell them, like, I want to save them, I want to walk with them, I want to give them guidance, I want to give them love. You know what to say, why don't you say something? I'm like, man, I'm just, I don't want to be a city on a hill. I want to be a shack on the side of the mountain. I'd be like, no, stop, stop it. I don't want to hear this. Students, listen, when you are in Christ, you are a light because he is a light. But he does say that if you are a follower of him, that means he sees you. That means you can't consistently live in darkness. That doesn't mean that you can't do dark things. That doesn't mean that you won't mess up. That doesn't mean that you can't act like the world. What that means is when you try to look like, act like, talk like the world, it won't be fulfilling because you are called to be a great city on a hill. You're not called to be a shack on the side of the mountain. And God cares about you. He loves you even in the midst of what you are doing. And he's saying, hey, listen, I got something greater for you. I got something special for you. Don't look away. Come on, I got something great for you. Because he will never let the darkness of the world overcome the light that is in you. 
You might be doing bad things, but deep down, you know that you have a great God that cares for you and hasn't forgotten about you, and he wants to be God for you. Students, some of you right now, some of you are miserable right now, not because you're trying to overcome your darkness. You're miserable right now because you're trying to overcome your light. You're trying to push them away. Try not hold to your light. You're not trying to hold on to God's promises. Listen, learn from me. My biggest regrets were not over things that I did in college. My biggest regrets were over things that I didn't do for Jesus. We aren't miserable because we are living in sin. We are miserable because we're not trying, because we're trying to mute the light in our life. And Jesus will always consistently be pushing it in your life. Believe you me, you are going to be miserable for a while because we have a God that really loves you. He will consistently tell you how much he loves you with that voice in the back of your head. And he will be there for a while. If you are a follower of Jesus, darkness and light will never be able to coexist. It's like water and oil. It will never mix. Jesus sees you and it says that he will never leave you, never forsake you. And in doing so, when you are walking in darkness, you will never enjoy it to its full ability because he will always be exposing the light that is in you. Students, many of us right now, we're tired, we're worn out, maybe some of us are angry, maybe some of us are sad, depressed. Listen, you might not be all of those things over the sins that you were doing in your life, but maybe it's because you're pushing away the life that you know that you could be living And Jesus, be the light, be the city on the hill and expose the light and let your love for him grow and he sees you and he wants to be with you. Be a city on the hill, be the light. Some of y'all, you're starting a new life in a couple months, all right? Big boy, big girl jobs, all right? Just remember crossover helped you get closer to Jesus, all right? When you get the paycheck, all right? I beg you to walk into that job and people look at you and know that something's different. They know that you have a light inside of you that they don't have. There's something different about you. You respect people. I ask you to treat others with love even when they are jerks to you. I ask you to show interest in people and who they are, not just what they can do for you. You tell them, you tell them, you tell them, You love Jesus and Jesus can love them. You help them, you serve them, you love them. That is light. Some of us, or all of us, are going home for Christmas, right? Hopefully, maybe. Anybody got a crazy family, right? Anybody just like, it's just like gossip central. Like, why did they say this? Why did they say this, right? Like, he got me this, what? I ask you to be a light and love deeply and go out of your way to make someone else feel special. I ask you to serve your family. Do some dishes for your mama, all right? Tell your dad, hey, thank you for paying for college. I know it's taken me eight years, right? We need to forgive and we need to forget when someone is rude to us. That one's hard. 
We need to be soft people, and most importantly, you know you have family members that need to know about Jesus. Be the light. Be the city on the hill. The second way we're visible here, we're not only visible to Jesus, but we're visible to people. We are to be a city on a hill for people. I talked a little bit last week about my, my red Mustang V6. It was like a high school girl car, all right? Drove that in college looking fly, all right? My friend Smoot and I, yes, his nickname was Smoot, and yes, I did give it to him, and yes, if you ever met him, you'd be like, that nickname fits perfect with you, all right? Smoot, yes, I don't know where it came from. But we're having dinner in the city, and we're driving back to Shawnee, Oklahoma, a.k.a. Shompton, all right? And on the way back, uh, my gas light came on, and he looks at me. You know, I guess it'd be this way. He looks at me. He goes, you won't. I dare you, right? Of course, any godly man takes that, says, okay, right? And it was 25, 30 minutes back to Shompton, and I was like, in my head, I was like, you know, if I drive really fast, it means I could get there quicker and I wouldn't use as much gas, right? I just went a smidgen over the speed limit, though, all right? Just a smidgen, 20, 30 miles over the speed limit. <laughs> and no lie, about halfway, I felt the Mustang buck, right? Whoa, right? And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And I had to pull over. Sting just couldn't go no more, all right? (laughs) It was about midnight, 2 o'clock, somewhere around there. No one was awake. We tried to call everybody, and me and Smoot, we got to walk. We just started walking towards Shompton. Now, listen, there's no lights. There's no nothing. Like, we're walking. Like, this is before, like, your cell phone had lights on it. So, literally, we're walking in the dark. I swear I'm hearing lions and tigers and bears behind me, freaking out. And no lie, it got to the point where we walked for miles and we're tired and we're, we're just about to give up. We're about to just bundle up and cuddle up on the side of the road and just risk it for the morning. And Smoot's like, bro, let's just go one more mile, all right? I was like, all right. Like, and no lie, we're getting there, we're dragging our feet. And at that almost mile marker, we look and we see Shompton. It never looked so beautiful in our life. And we leapt for joy, gave us excitement. And I swear, I ran like a four-minute mile to that gas station. And, man, it was great. It was joyful. We cried a little bit. The biggest thing that the light showed us, it also gave us hope and peace and joy because We were in some pain and suffering at that point. Christians, I say this. My question to you is when people come into your proximity, do you bring them a peace and a light and a joy when they are around you? You might have a lot of friends right now that are walking in the desert or maybe walking in the darkness. They might be sad. They might be down. They might be alone. But when they are with you, are you a city on a hill that gives them hope? Because when they know when they are around you, you can help them be a light in their darkness. 
Students, our actions and our attitudes have consequences not only on us, but it has consequences on others too. Just think about it. Some of our friends or some of the people that we are acquaintances with, they may never walk into the doors of a church or into a Bible study. They might not ever have an encounter with Jesus unless it comes through you. Students, let me push you a little bit here. This is the last crossover for some of you. I have noticed an awakening in Crossover. We have some people here that, that helped us start Crossover, and they came here today, and I guarantee that they see that, that there's a lot of growth in Crossover over the past year. What I've noticed, there's been about, I don't know, six or seven students that I can just think of on the top of my head who started loving people. It's crazy. I know. It's, it's weird, right? They started loving people, and they started inviting people into their homes, into the dorm rooms. They started doing life with people. They started getting to know people. I mean, literally people that they didn't know, but they met in Crossover. They started inviting six or seven people, and they've done things like going and play soccer. They had like 40 people out there playing soccer the other day, the like most boring sport in the world, right? But they love, hey, hey, sorry guys, all right, play real sport like football. But, <laughs> and there goes every, like half the people. But what's crazy is they started inviting people, they started loving on people, they started asking them to go to lunches, and they'd go to lunch, started bringing them over for their house, watching movies, they started inviting them to church, they started inviting them to their Bible studies, and it has been amazing. Seven people started being cities on a hill, inviting and loving on people, and it has changed the face of Crossover, because we've had more community this year than we ever have before. People who are being a city on a hill have a city because they invite people. You want to be different than the world? You're about to go enter a world that is dark and it is lonely. Why don't you start inviting different people from different backgrounds to meet the same Jesus? Love them where they are at. Learn who they are. Ask them great questions. Allow the spirit to lead a conversation that is organic and always, always, always present Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? Invite people to know your heart and to know your home and to love each other. That's a city on a hill. Jesus will make the dark miserable because he will always show you your light, a city on a hill. But if you understand your light, share it with people. They are more lonely people on the U University of Oklahoma campus than you could ever imagine. We need just a few of y'all. If you could just rise up and say, you know what, I want to be a city on a hill. I want to start inviting people. I'm telling you, a city can be a city, but you can also light up towns around you. And you can change the trajectory of a ministry. And the last thing is this. Verse 16 says it this way. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see you and see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yes, I did skip over uh, verse 15 because any sermon you've ever heard over this always talks about verse 15. Don't, don't cover your light. I'd ask you to be bright for Jesus. Don't be ashamed for Jesus. But for time's sake, let's go to verse 16 
And it says it this way. The best way for me to make sense of this is let people see Jesus through who you are. There, this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to our Christian walk. This is where you can evaluate how well you are following Jesus. Can other people get to know Jesus better because of the person that I am? Can people look at you when things are wrong and can they see Jesus? Can people look at you when you are stressed out, overworked, maybe failing the class, maybe something happened and they can see Jesus? Can people look how you walk, how you talk, how you joke and see Jesus? Can people look at your social media account and see Jesus? Can people tell how well you love people because of how well you love Jesus? Only you can make that call, students. A good evaluation tonight, this is going to be my last push here, is maybe tonight or maybe tomorrow, why don't you ask your best friend, is there an area in my life that I don't represent Jesus well? Now listen, if you ask that question, you better be able to hear the response, amen? What areas of my life do I need Jesus more in? Students, my beg, go into this world. Be a light of this world. Maybe it's you're stepping into the real world. Maybe you're stepping into the holidays. And I beg you to be the light in the world. Be a city on a hill that doesn't suppress the light but ignites the light of Jesus in your life. And you know that you love Jesus and you are doing it right when this is illustrated. Verse 16 is all about this one thing. You know that you are being a light in the world when people can see Jesus when they look at you. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I hope and I pray that everyone in this room, we realize that this world is only temporary. If we've learned anything over the past years, we've learned how temporary this life is. For us Christians, we have a responsibility. We have a call in our life that we need to be lights in this world, not to prove to everybody how smart or how holy or how great we are, how cleaned up we've made our life. No, Lord, the one reason why we are to be a light in the world is so people can get to know you. As we learned last week, Lord, I, I beg that we have spiritual conversations during the Christmas holidays, and I want to extend it even further than that. There's some people who are entering the, the real world, and I beg that they go and have spiritual conversations with everybody that they come in contact with. Lord, some of us in here, we don't have a relationship with Jesus, and we want it. And we're going to learn about that just in a few moments, even more so. And I beg and I beg and I beg over those last two songs after baptisms that they go and they pray with someone down at front or in the top of the balcony and they come and say, you know what, I want to have that in my life. I would love to pray with someone about that. I would love to get to know more about what it takes to be a follower of Jesus. Lord, be with us tonight. For your name, amen.